I'm Robin Emler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Christian Fram, Chief Executive Officer and founder of United Fintech, which is not a football team. What is it? Let's find out. Christian, what's the business model? Yeah, it's, it's not a football team, but it's it's not that far out either, actually, to call it a football team. We see ourselves as a, as a team, you can say. So United Fintech, the story of United Fintech goes a little bit further back. I, I built a business in the past. Originally, I was actually a dot-com uh, entrepreneur, made millions on paper and lost it all very quickly. So that was a bit traumatic. But then joined Bloomberg early on. So, uh, of course, a fintech business before anything was uh, called fintech. So back in the early 2000s. Uh, and then joined uh, Saxo Bank out of Copenhagen. Part of their growth journey went from, uh, well, joined in 2003 to 2007. And it went from 150 people to 1,500 people. So amazing journey there. Uh, and then I founded my own business uh, called CFH. A long story short, it became a, a success in the end, but a very difficult to build that business. It was a trading technology business, selling trading systems and technology to banks. But I sold it out in 2016 and, and well, 60% in, in 16 and remaining in 19. And then thought about kind of what's what's next. Should I hang out at home or should I do something valuable? And I looked at, at fintech and uh, the space we are operating in and thought actually financial service and fintech is, is more interesting in the next 10 years than it's probably been in the last 200 I think it's quite amazing and scary and exciting what's happening in this space. Uh, it's been standing still for many, many years, and now it's it's moving very, very quickly to the extent that actually I think if banks are not part of innovation cycles going forward in the next ten years, they, you know a lot of them will not exist. And, and that was the you know the the premise of United FinTech was actually I went back to the large banks as I exited my own uh, business. Uh, I went back to. Goldman City, UBS, the, the big banks like that that we had relationship with in the past and said, thanks for the support over the years in my previous business. I'm taking some time off. And they kind of all that. So so what's next? What, what is your next journey? Are you coming back into the space or, or what are you thinking about? Uh, and I, at that point, had nothing to lose, uh, Robin Wright. I, I have sold my business. I'm out. So I'm actually going on vacation. I said to them, you guys, uh, you know, I'd love to come back into the space, but you guys may not be around for the next 15 years. I think banks are actually about to die. And I expected them to tell me, well, why don't you go back on your vacation and we will sort it out ourselves. But it's quite the opposite response, actually. It was, okay, what do you mean about uh, we're not around? Uh, because actually we kind of agree. So what are you doing about it? Are you saying this to annoy us or, or do you have a business model? And United FinTech really started in conversation with large banks. Uh, what can be done to enhance and promote innovation within banks uh, and financial services in general? That is what the banks are really bad at. They're very slow moving. And they know they're very slow moving. And they're either buying stuff, uh, you know, they're building technology for themselves or they're buying for the big legacy providers. But none of those two things will actually move them forward. Uh, what moves them forward is actually access and innovation. So what does this mean in practice for United FinTech? What does it mean for FinTech companies? Are you trying to turbo boost them? Or are you trying to get them to understand there's more to business than a great idea? It's a good question. I mean, we're building a, that's what, when you started asking about the football team and the team together, I think there's a lot to do together with great founders and great innovators in their own rights. And the fact is most of the People that are starting fintech companies, actually the really good fintech companies are typically started with people that were sitting in banks. They had a background uh, to build stuff. They got tired of bureaucracy and, and slow moving stuff. So they, they leave the, the banks 
And five, six years later, they're finding themselves, uh, they build a great product, but they're struggling really to scale it and get into back to, to the banks and, and, and really make it a large provider to banks. Because actually the way banks look at technology is they, they really prefer bigger guys to work with. And, and there's a long cycle to go through to get into banks. So in essence, what, what, what United FinTech is, it's, it's a company. We, we are not a private equity structure. We're not venture capitalist firms. Uh, we partner up with founders. We actually go and invest into, you can say, a niche uh, capital markets companies where they build a great product. They already have customers. They've gotten uh, scale, uh, but to a certain extent, they need to become part of something bigger. And that's, you can say, the core vision of United FinTech is we will partner with, invest and acquire, you know, lots of businesses, up to 50 businesses over the next four or five years that are all kind of servicing niche areas of banks. And we're doing it in a very different way that you would see a private equity company or venture capitalist company come in. You know, we are, I'm wearing a t-shirt. That's my uniform, right? I don't wear suits. Uh, you know, we don't sit behind Excel spreadsheets. We know how to operate uh, these businesses and we've done it before. So United Fintech is, is a vision to bring the best capital markets companies under a common umbrella and, and thereby kind of help innovation. Is there a lot, you talk about going into niche areas within the banks. Is yeah. there a logical progression to the areas you're following or do you just see a good idea and think, yes, we can plug that in? We think about it a bit more uh, tactical than than uh, just a good idea. I, I think in order to understand what we do, I think you have to look at a bank as a slightly different. So today people look at banks and say, this is one big uh, company. They have like a few different products, uh, but a bank is kind of like a bank. I, I see a bank as, as the sum of probably 150 to 200 different service areas or product areas, right? So banks are doing payments. They're doing processing of different things. They're doing loans they're doing trading they're doing they're doing a lot of different things and in fact if you start to think about it all those things can be split up and and you will see uh, this whole fintech revolution whatever you want to call it is is a, an attack or a way to disrupt or innovate different parts of the banks the most obvious of course the ones we all know this is you know lending or payments or these consumer based uh, fintech bets right but when you go into capital markets, which is more, more complex, then you can think about this. There's hundreds of different areas. And, and we are, in essence, going uh, and buying uh, a roadmap of what we think are the future pieces uh, to a bank's infrastructure for the next 10 years. So we, we think about what does a bank look like in the next 10 years, and then we buy according to that. Because actually, fundamentally, I, I think uh, the infrastructure of banks is 45, 50 years old. And in order for them to actually survive in the future, they're going to have to change that infrastructure. But instead of doing that in one big go and hiring very expensive consultants uh, for the next uh, you know, 15 years, they, they will do it in pieces. Uh, so we, we kind of provide those pieces along the roadmap. So how are you providing that? Is, is it the case that you'd sell something? Here's, I have the fintech for you. Or do you provide that service to a bank as a white label? We we uh, we sell it. You can say not us. We 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 invest and buy companies that actually sell these services. So we go back to let's say a Citibank or UBS or Goldman Sachs and say we have now invested into this specialized fintech companies. We know this is a pain point in global banks. We think it's also a pain point in UBS. Have a look at this. What do you think? Does it fit in? And then of course the the founders of these businesses they come in under our umbrella and they start having those discussions because they're the specialists, right? So. Those people that built these products are the best to explain what they do. They're best to understand kind of the problem-solving part of that. 
we very much go in and you can say partner with with the founders of these businesses. We bring them into these meetings. We bring them into and give them credibility. Okay, you're part of a big entity now. But you can say the selling is actually done by very technical people because they are the only people that really understand that. There is a problem here, and you did allude to it, and the f- it's the fact that banks are very slow. How do we get the banks to move faster? They need to realize that building stuff themselves is not the way forward in a way in the world that's moving very quickly. Uh, and the fact is, when people are graduating from university these days, they even though they like the brands of Goldman and UBS and all those big banks, once they realize and they sit in the chair and start to code on the legacy stuff they have, they leave very quickly. They don't want to. They don't think it's cool to work in banks anymore, and the technology side is not very cool. Uh, so, so, so that's a dead end in my mind. The other part is you can buy from these big legacy guys, uh, and the big legacy guys have been around for thirty years. They make a lot of money. They have really no incentive to save customers any costs. They want to charge more and more, and that's been the nature of the SaaS business for many years. You sign up these customers for long contracts. We believe uh, the way to make the banks move quicker is to access innovation from these smaller companies. These are the guys that are changing the world. These are the guys that actually have a dream about a specific area of a bank. They'll do a really, really good job in that area. Now, the trick is how do, how do you match that, those smaller companies, with, uh, with the banks? And that's, in essence, uh, the business model of United Pintech. We go and acquire these companies, and then we go back to the banks and say, hey, uh, you can now use uh, all these different products under one central agreement. There is, and I should inject a note of caution here, there is a potential problem that I see banks, one of the reasons banks are slow is because they are risk averse. And I quite like the idea of a bank being risk averse because they're holding my money and I'd quite like to be able to get at it anytime I want to. And And if I turn up on the bank's doorstep and they say, we're terribly sorry, Mr. Amlo, we've lost your money somehow. I'm not going to be very impressed. So how do I'm, I'm being very simplistic in talking this way, but there is an issue of management of risk and management of expectation, surely. That's a huge uh, problem, uh, for sure. Uh, and it, it, it's actually interesting you, you bring it up because if you look at the space right now, all banks in the world in the past five, six years, they want to be innovative. They've gone out and they've set up venture firms uh, or venture arms of, so your city ventures, your JP Morgan ventures, you have all these venture arms of banks. They've done that to be innovative and like they want to provide new stuff. Uh, the fact is, uh, it's very difficult to scale these smaller companies they, they invest in. And once a bank have implemented the technology of one of these smaller guys, if if that small company, as you alluded to, is not around anymore, it's a risk for the bank, right? They need to go out and untangle these technology companies that they onboard. So that's why we think uh, it's it's actually more secure for the banks to work with a bigger entity uh, like us, uh, where you say you're facing an entity that's representing many different fintechs as opposed to onboard the individual fintech companies, which takes a long time, very expensive, by the way. It takes 18 to 24 months uh, to onboard a fintech company for a bank. And, and the onboarding process is not just sitting in an email inbox. It's actually people doing stuff and lots of people doing stuff, like lots of different departments doing stuff. So it's really expensive for these banks to onboard. And, and to your risk point, the reason for that is, as you say, you know, they want to check if the stuff they're taking or onboarding as a bank does it actually live up to security, uh, money laundering, uh, KYC stuff, uh, GDPR, all these things? It's, it's, of course, important if you're a large bank that you have responsibility to your customers. So, again, I, I think that's why we, we we think there's a business model in, in bringing these smaller companies together in a bigger umbrella and let them kind of work their magic individually. But you can say the risk side is taken at the, at the, at the bigger level. Christian Fram, Chief Executive Officer and Founder of United Fintech. 
Thank you very much.